Thank you for the privilege we have. Amen. You are seated on the throne. Holy is our God. Amen. Amen. You reign forevermore. There is no one else like you. Amen. 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 Oh, yeah. Seated on the throne. Is the keyboard coming? Holy is our God. Amen. Oh, yeah. You reign forevermore. There is no one else like you. Amen. Amen. You are seated on the throne. Holy. Father, we bless you. We give you all the glory. May your name be praised forevermore. Somebody, won't you like to commit this time into the hands of the Lord? And bless him, bless him, thank him for what he's doing in our lives. And Father, the grace that you've given us, your word, you are so gracious to just give us your word. And Father, we're so grateful.
Sometimes we can't see you, and sometimes we can't feel you, or sometimes we can't hear you. You are still at work in our midst. We thank you, Father, for the many, 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 many years and many generations that you've been at work. Thank you, Lord. As we study all these things, we pray for your guidance. We pray for your wisdom. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Have mercy on me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, have mercy on all of us. Lift us, O Lord, to the place you want us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So I think you'd like to tighten your seatbelt with me. Um, We'll be doing a bit of work. Um, And uh, yeah, we have have some work to do. And so we'll be going through um, some of the passages that we do have. And uh, some of the places, yeah, I pray that the Lord will help us to, I'll try to run as much as I can um, so that we are able to come to a speedy conclusion of things. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to finish this one, um, but if not, we'll be able to meet again and to finish and to go through. Um, we are left with the prophets and the poetic books. Uh, I'm not so certain about the poetic books, but I think the prophets... We'll be looking at it briefly um, and to run through the prophets also. But we are left to the last side of the narrative of the history books. Um, and if you've been with us from the beginning, I'm sure you remember that we've been running through from Genesis uh, to where we are going to be today. So we've been looking at um, the different sections of the Old Testament. Is that so? Huh? You remember we, we drew this. If, if, you've, if you've not followed all through as we've been coming all this while, I want you to take your seat, uh, take your pen and your paper and your book, probably your book, not the paper, and begin to just follow with us as we go through um, this time. So the first one um, is the fall. Yeah, come and join us. Yeah, come and join us. You guys can put a soundtrack behind or something if, if you guys want. Um, something plain, if, if, if it feels good for you guys, uh, we can do that. Okay, so the first one is what? We said the first theme, the different themes in the Old Testament. If you do remember, we did go through 
Um, oh, Kebe is online. Wow. Kebe. Oh, good to see you. Kenitra is raining today. I'm telling you, Kenitra is just amazing. I, I wish you guys are always there like that. Um, yeah, I'm sure you guys will be punctual again. I'm not sure who else is online. Yeah, if I don't mention your name, just shout out your name to me, um, and I would mention it. Yeah. Okay, so let's go. So let's go. So we have the four. Can you see from there? Wouldn't you find a better position? Yeah, today those in Rabat are not raining. They didn't show up much. Yeah. So we have the four. If you do remember. And then we have what? The promise. And then we have what? The covenant. Is that so? Angie, is it true? Yeah. Um, and we have the covenant. And then from the covenant, we had what? From the covenant. Possessing the land. Is that so? Uh, please do follow. Possessing the promised land. Is that so? Uh -huh. And then what else do we have? Huh? Yes, Rikela. The themes of the Old Testament, that's what we are looking at. The major, major part, especially the narrative, the history part, is what we are looking at. Huh? Yes, what else do we have? Possessing the promised land. Uh-huh. Which books tell us about possessing the promised land? Uh -huh. From Joshua to... From Joshua to Second Samuel. Is that so? Uh -huh. To Second Samuel. The covenant is where? It's Exodus to Deuteronomy, and then the promises were Genesis. Is that so? They're fallen, and they're all in Genesis. Uh, is that okay? Sister, no? Let's go quickly. Then from the promised land we had, possessing the promised land, the fall. Is that so? The exile. Is that so? Uh, exile from the promised land. Which books tell us about the exile? Which books tell us about the exile? The decline. Eh? Oh, those online, you can speak, please. The exile, the first and second kings. Is that so? By the end of first, by the end of second kings, we were, we've gone into exile. Is that so? Uh, and then we have what else? The time in exile, a little bit of time in exile, and then the the restoration, the restoration. Uh? Okay, so time in exile, and then la restoration. The restoration. Uh, is that okay? And we've been looking at all these things. So these are the, we call this the, the history, the historical part uh, of the Old Testament. 
the history part of the Old Testament. Is that okay? This is the historical part of the Old Testament. It's good to be able to run through. And then we have the, we have the, the prophetic books. Is that so? We'll look at that last, um, next time. We did say that there are three parts of that. There is the what? Huh? There's before, there is during, and then it's what? There's after exile. Huh? Is that okay? Huh? Okay. And then the last part of the Old Testament books we have is what? The poetic books. The poetic. Huh? If you remember, the poetic books. So there are three major, three major, there's history, narrative, and then there is Pro, the prophet, prophetic books, and then there is also the poetic books. Uh, there is the poetic books. So, there are only two times the Israelites have gone into um, the promised land, risen to the promised land. The first time, uh, you can see all of that in Second Samuel, from Joshua, they began to enter and possess the promised land. And right from Joshua, um, Judges, and Ruth, and... Uh, what do you have there? First and second Samuel, it's all entering the promised land. Then first and second Kings, they are living the promised land. Um, Chronicles, Chronicles, first and second Chronicles was written when? First and second Chronicles was written when? Huh? Yes, that's all. Father, have mercy on us. Please, first and second Chronicles, when was it written? Those online, first and second chronica, cite Krikan. When was it written? First and second chronicles. First and second chronicles was written after the restoration. It was during the time of the restoration, first and second chronicles was written. It is a narrative of how from the very beginning, if you read first and second chronicles from the very first chapter of first chronicles, you realize that it was talking about Adam and Eve. Adam and Adam begot this and this begot this and this person begot. It was a narrative. It was narrating all that had happened to the new generation that had settled back where? In the promised land. Back to the promised land. All that had happened. All that had happened. All that had happened. Uh, and I did specify the last time that Second Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles do not specify, do not talk about the northern kingdom. They don't. Because they were tracing the line of who? The, the line of David. Huh? And the worship in the temple and all that. So, back to the restoration. Huh? So, to the restoration, for instance, we have seen... Which books talk about the restoration? Ezra and who? Nehemiah. And then who? Ezra, Nehemiah. And then who? Joshua, Azuma, Sharon, the, the restoration books. Which books in the Bible tell us about the restoration? Narrative, narrative. Sister, sister, you too now. You pay. 
If you give a wrong answer, you will pay. I'm telling you. No, don't be afraid. Please say it. There's one last book. Please, those online, tell me. Oh, hey, catch him. Somebody said Daniel. Please catch that person for me. Jima. Jima is, is online. Wow. Yes. There's, there's a book. Restoration. It's a narrative. It's a narrative. It's not a prophetic book. It's a narrative. Sister. Yes, I've said, yes, it's true. First and second Chronicles. We just talked about it. You're a very smart woman, I know. Yes. But it's one. We just talked about it. First and second Chronicles is part of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Esther. Esther is what? Yes, but it's part of the, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the, it was during the time of the restoration. Esther was written in the time of Zexis. His boy, her boyfriend was Zexis. Yeah, born her her husband. Yeah, her husband was Zexis. Yeah. No, the husband, yes, not the boyfriend. The, the husband, yeah. Are you guys following? So this is, so they are going back to the promised land. So we are back to the promised land. Eh? Yes. Eh? I, the green is not showing. Okay, so I won't use the green again. So this is the historical Old Testament part, the part, the, the history of the Old Testament this is the prophetic part of the Old Testament and the poetic part of the Old Testament. Yeah, three big parts in the Old Testament. Eh? Three big parts in the Old Testament. It's very, very crucial. It's important for you. Please, make sure you can draw this yourself. Make sure. Take, just take a pen and a paper. Don't look at the board. Please turn it far away from the board. And try to draw it yourself. Just draw this yourself. Like, if you can't draw it, um, you can find help. You can come. We should be able to draw this off, off head. Can you, can you try to draw this off, off, off without thinking? Uh, can, would somebody just lift up your hand and tell me all the parts of this? I'll be so glad. Kebe or somebody else? This is so crucial for us. Yes. Make sure you can just say this off head. Off head. Genesis. Genesis has what? The fall end. And the promise. Is that so? Genesis has the fall and the promise. Uh, Exodus to Deuteronomy has what? Uh, the covenant from Exodus. The, the, from Deuteronomy, are we going to? Joshua. Joshua to where? To 2 Samuel has what? Possessing the promised land. Is that so? Uh-huh. Then first and second kings has what? The exile, the decline and the exile. Uh, and then, Esther, the time of exile, or, or what, the restoration or whatever. And then, the restoration books are what? Ezra, Nehemiah, and First and Second Chronicles. Is that okay? Is that okay? 
Let's say it again. Let's say it again. Let's say it again. Please, let's make sure we know this. Genesis has what? The fall and the covenant. Deuteronomy 2. The fall and the the promises. The fall and the promise. Um, Exodus to Deuteronomy has the covenant. Joshua 2. Second, someone has what? Possessing the promised land. Huh? And then, first and second, kings have the decline and the exile. Huh? And then, the time of exile, we see a bit in Esther. And then, we return back to the promised land. Which book? Ezra. Yeah, Ezra, Nehemiah. Remember, first and second Chronicles does not tell you about the return. It does not. It was written in the time of what? Of the restoration. To narrate to the old people, to the new people, to the young generation, how all of this came about. How did we find ourselves in this situation that we have to return? Huh? Okay. And if that is done, then we are in a good shape. So remember that. Then in the prophetic books, remember that we are divided into three big parts before the exile, during the exile, and after the exile. I will insist on the after the exile a little bit. I wouldn't say much. So after the exile, you have certain books that help us, prophetic books that help us. What are they? Haggai and Zechariah. And then who? Malachi. Uh, they are at the very end. They are placed at the very end. And it's, they are the ones, they are the prophets that really did help to prophesy and to help to bring back. So maybe next time we'll look at the prophetic books and be able to move on with that. Okay, very, very good. So please, may you be able to sleep, wake up. They ask you to draw this thing. You should be able to tell, please. Uh, please, if your name is Joshua, I should know where Joshua starts and the theme of Joshua if your name is Samuel, you should know where Samuel starts. Eh? And if it's, if it's not your name, you should still know what theme is in that place. Okay, so the next thing we'll be looking at. So now, if you've been with us all this time, you know that we've done the promise. Is that so? We've gone through the promise. We've gone through the Exodus to Deuteronomy. We've gone through the covenant. Maybe we didn't really, really hit everything, everything. But we've, went, we've worked through the prom. I think the, the old videos are there. I'm not sure. I don't know whether it's posted online, but you should find them online. We've worked through the structures of these things. So it's, even if we should enter into Exodus, Numbers, and Leviticus, you should be able to find your way. Huh? It's about the covenant. And then we've worked through what? Joshua to First and Second Samuel. We are preaching for First and Second Samuel. Um, first, first Samuel, yeah. Um, We've worked through that. You should be able to find your way. And then we've worked through first and second kings. You remember? We've worked through first and second kings. We've looked at some of the kings. We've, we did that thing. We did the false marriages. We looked at um, Solomon and his wives. Maybe, I'm sure you've seen it online. You should be able to look at it. So we've worked through that, first and second kings. We've done that one. Um, Esther, we've not done that, and probably it's just the same. But today we are looking at the... The restoration, the return. That's what we are looking at. We are just left with this last part today, and then we are done with the history. Is that okay? 
by today, by the end of today, or probably another, I don't know if we're able to finish today, we'll be done with the history part of the Old Testament. We'll be done with the history, and the history ends with restoring back to the promised land. And probably we'll be looking at the prophetics next time. I may jump the poetic books for this year and do another time. Wait, why is he crying? Okay. So let's go. Um, let's look into our books now. So today we are looking at the, the, the restoration part. The restoration. Huh? It is very, very crucial. The restoration. Please do follow. This is so crucial for us. Okay, the restoration. So let's go. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah chapter 33. We'll be looking at a few verses, and then we'll be drawing our maps. Um, it's very, very crucial. We need to get this. If not, really, reading the Bible does not really make sense. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters. If we don't do this, reading the Bible just makes no sense. Father, have mercy on us. Help us. Wow. Jeremiah chapter 33, if you are there. Jeremiah 33, 33. Jeremiah chapter 33 from verse 10. Jeremiah 33, verse 10. Jeremiah 33, verse 10. Um, and please... Um, when we come to the prophetic books, you realize that um, the middle part of Jeremiah talks about the restoration. So all the middle part of Jeremiah is about the restoration. We'll come to that. But 33 is part of the restoration. If you, if you have, your Bible is um, if it's written, you can see that it's written restoration. Uh, so you can see the promise of restoration. is the promise of restoration. And remember that um, Jeremiah was prophesying a little bit way before the exile actually really, really happened. Uh, so, can we go? Um, it talks about a lot of things. Health from verse 6. It says, God says, I'll bring health. I'll bring healing to you. Um, I will heal my people. Um, verse 6. Either. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 6. Look at the verse 6. I'm jumping from the verse 6 coming. Father, we bless you. Thank you. He says, I'll bring healing and, and all that. I'll heal my people. Um, I'll let them enjoy abundant peace and security. God says, we'll let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I'll bring Judah and Israel back from, back from cap cap captivity. Back from captivity. Are you saying it? And I'll rebuild them as they were before. I'll cleanse them from all sin they have committed against me and will forgive them. Um, I'll cleanse them and forgive them all their sins of rebellion against me. Then the city will bring me renown, joy, and praise and honor before all nations of the earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And remember, when we're reading the Exodus, you remember when we were in Exodus, we're doing the covenant, I told you that the thing God was looking for was not just to send them to the, to the promised land, but the thing was that they would be what? His people, and they will be their God. He will be their God. And then 
he would, they would show to the whole world what it means to have a relationship with, with God. You can see that here in the promise. You can see it here again. He's not just going to bring them healing and prosperity, no, no, no. But it's to bring his praise to the whole earth, to his renown, his renown to the whole earth. Um, oh, please go back. Look at it. Go back. Put it there. Then this city will bring me renown. Like, will bring God renown, will bring God joy, will bring God praise. And that's what our Christian life is supposed to be like this. It's not just we are saved, we are delivered, we are born again, and that's all. No, this is it. It is true. Then, then the city, all of the healings of God and all that, and all of his deliverance, all of his salvation, is to bring us, is to bring him joy. Bring God joy. Huh? Catch yourself, whatever. do we bring joy to God? And praise to him and honor to him before all nations on the earth. That hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. So somehow God wants to provide so much that others will tremble. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. And this is part of the package in the restoration that God was promising to bring to them. And remember here, the exile had already been declared. They were going to go to captivity. It was already declared. But in the middle of the prophecy of the exile comes the prophecy of restoration. And this is what God is saying he will do. Verse 10. Verse 10. Are you there? This is what the Lord says. We are in Jeremiah 33, verse 10. We're in verse 10 now. Jeremiah 33, verse 10. This is what the Lord says. You say about this place. It is... It's a desolate waste without people or animals. Yet in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people nor animals, there will be heard once more, there will be heard once more the sound of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thanks offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. So again, you hear restoration. It's going to be, very, it's going to be deserted for a long time, 70 years. Nobody will be there. Nobody will live there. It's going to be a desolate. But God says, I'll restore, I'll restore, I'll restore, I'll restore the land. Um, are you there? Are you still with me? And then there will be sound of weddings and bridegroom. I pray that there will be sound of weddings and bridegroom in the name of Jesus. The days of staying with boyfriends are over, Father. Help us in the name of Jesus. May we help just get married. Hmm. Um, give thanks to the Lord for his good. Yes, I'll restore the verse 12. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In this desolate, in this place, Desolate and without people, animals. It sounds again. Um, in all its towns, there will be again be pasture for shepherds to rest their flocks. In the towns of the hill country and of the western foothills and the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin, in the villages around Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah, flocks will again pass under the hand of the one who counts them, says the Lord. The verse 14. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. Are you there? Are you there? He will fulfill the promise that he made to the people of Judah 
and Israel. In those days, at that time, at that time, there's a time, oh, there's a time for God's promise. Is it true? At a certain time, <laughs> at a certain time of God's promise, and sometimes we don't know the time of God's promise. Hmm. He says, in those days, at that time, I will make what? A righteous branch sprout from David's line. And I will do what is, he will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved. And Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called. The Lord, our righteous Savior. Who is this person? Who is this branch? Jesus. So Jesus is part of what? La restauration. Is that so? Jesus is part of the restoration. And actually, he is the main restoration. He's the main person. Hmm. Then verse 17, in this, for this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man to sit on the throne of Israel, nor will the Levitical priest ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings and to and to burn grain offerings and to present sacrifices. And this is a very, very thing. This is the very, very biggest thing that Jesus came to do. He came as a king and as what? And as a priest. Came as a king and as a priest. Came as a king and as a priest and as a prophet. Those were his roles. And today, he stands as a king and as a priest, continually. Huh? So, the restoration has, I just wanted you to see that the restoration is not just restoration, but it is really, really Jesus. It is really, really Jesus we are going after. It's not after just going to the promised land. No, it is to set the stage, and we are going to see amazingly how God set the stage for Jesus to come. Oh, wow. Okay, so please, uh, when you go home, read the whole um, Jeremiah chapter 33. It's really about the restoration, getting back to the promised land. But we can see it is not just that, the promised land. It's not just people being inhabiting the promised land. It's not just weddings and all that. And it's not just the nation seeing how God relates with them. But mainly, it's so that Jesus will appear. Jesus will come. Please go with me to Isaiah chapter 11. Um, let's look at Isaiah chapter 8, rather. Isaiah chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you. Isaiah chapter 8, please, are you there with me? Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. We are looking at the restoration, the historical part of the Old Testament. We are just at the very last end of the historical part. And I think it's a good time to join in and take your pens and all that. Okay, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. It says, when somebody tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? 
Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Are you there? The verse 21, verse 21, it says, Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward through the land. Um, looking upward, they will curse their God and their king. The verse 22, then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will thrust into utter darkness. I say this. I say this. People who consult spirits is like people who worship other gods and other, not a true God. Not God, the Almighty Himself. Uh, and they don't consult the instructions of God. They don't consult the testimony of God. He says there will be real darkness. Real darkness. They will be hungry. They will be distressed. And he says they will look up and they will only get curse their king and curse God. <laughs> I seen it. I seen it. They see that God is there. They really see that God is there. They have a king. But they are not worshipping God through the very means that God has what has provided. And they are consulting spiritists and all that. And then they'll look to the earth. It's like there's nowhere to see any solution. There's nothing good coming out from heaven. Nothing now good coming out from earth. You are in distress. You are hungry. Things are not looking so good for you. Then it says, the, verse, the chapter 9, verse 1. It says, chapter 9, verse 1. It says, nevertheless. Oh, nevertheless. Huh? It's like, it's like, it's a picture of captivity, a picture of gloom, a picture of darkness. Things are not going well. It's, 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 not, it's not well. But it says, nevertheless, chapter 9, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Now, Zebulun and Naphtali were the very upper parts of, of, of the kingdom of Israel. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan. I, mean, I think you, you know why. He will honor Galilee by the sea. Uh, Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan. We'll come to this. We'll come to this when we come to the New Testament. Verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen what? A great light. Very soon Christmas is coming and this is one of the passages we like to read in Christmas it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The verse 3. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as the people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, they have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressors. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. The verse 6, the verse 6. For to us a child is born. For unto us a child is born. A son is given. Okay, 
To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isn't that so? Uh, of the greatness of his, of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Hallelujah. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Who is this person? Jesus. Is that so? Is that so? Do you agree? For unto us a child is born. God decided to bring his restoration, real restoration, through our precious Lord Jesus. But the stage has to be set for this to happen. The stage has to be set for this to happen. And we are going to look at the stages that God did set for this to happen. Hallelujah. I really want you to believe that God is in control, really. Like when you read these things, you just, you become very quiet. Like God is really, really we can't see him. Sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes it's just you don't know what the future holds. But I don't know. Like it's, yeah. Just really. Okay. So how many? So we believe that restoration is not just restoration. It's up to where? It's up to the coming of Jesus. Is that so? Restoration, restoration is not just going to the promised land and having your weddings and having good food to eat. No, it's preparing the stage for. Jesus to come, preparing the stage for Jesus to come. Hallelujah. And the stage has been set very, very well for us. And God prophesied through our brother, the prophet Daniel. Prophet Daniel. Please, let's go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. The stage was clearly set. The stage was clearly set for this restoration. How many of, how many of you remember Daniel prayed in Daniel chapter 9? He prayed after he read the books that they are supposed to be in exile for how many years? 70 years. And they pray that it shall be. I think you all know that verse very, very well. Yeah. Those who do not know it, the Lord is with you. Daniel chapter 2. Let's go. Daniel chapter 2. We see the stage that is really, really set by Daniel. So you remember King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Is that so? Uh, a rev that was really, really interesting. And he could not sleep. Is that so? So please, you will take your time and we'll read this account. Is that so? Please do take your time with me and we'll read this account. Verse 24. Verse 24. Okay, verse 24, either. So, um, Daniel heard about the fact that the dream, um, there was something on the mind of the king, the book of and the, the guys could not, the magicians and the wise men of Babylon and the enchanters and the wizards, 
they could not bring out the dream. Is that so? Um, so he wanted to execute them, and Daniel heard about that. And Daniel said, no, um, don't execute them. Arioch, if you remember that guy. Um, so don't execute them. Um, take time. I will pray. So verse 26, verse 26, the king asked Daniel. So here, Daniel is already before the king. And are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream? Interpret it. You remember? You remember? So Daniel told him the dream, what the dream was, and then he gave the interpretation. Daniel replied, no wise man or enchanter, magician, diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Please do go with me very quickly. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in the bed are these. Verse 29. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to the things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to, to happen. Hallelujah. Who is the revealer of mysteries? God Almighty. Verse 30. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than any else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation, and that you may understand what went through your mind. Verse 31. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold. Tell somebody, pure gold. Say it again, pure gold. Its chest and arms of silver. Tell somebody, silver. Its belly and thighs of bronze. 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 Can I have somebody draw this thing for me? Can I have somebody draw this thing very quickly? Cedric, you can draw. Can you draw? Yeah, Cedric, come. Come and draw. Yeah, the way your hair looks fine, I'm sure you have a good drawing. Draw it at the very far side corner. Yeah, draw like a human being. The tête. Voila. The chest. Huh? Okay, so let's go. Let's keep reading as it's drawing. Let's keep reading. Let's go. So we have the head, and we have what? We have the head. The head is what? It's a pure gold. It's pure gold. And then what? The chest is what? Silver. The chest and arms is silver. Huh? The chest and arms is silver. Uh-huh. And then the, the belly and the tie. So the belly and the tie. The belly and the tie is what? It's bronze. Huh? Yeah, that is where fat can really stay, the belly and the thighs. Uh, and then you have where? The legs and the, and the feet, is that so? And that is what? The legs are iron, verse 33, and the feet are partly iron and partly of baked clay. Part, note that, note that very well, note that very well. It's very, very important. If it's your Bible market, it's very important. It is iron, it is the feet. The feet, iron, and baked clay. Wow. Very good. Yeah, he's doing well. He's doing well. Yeah. I'm not sure whether this man had a six-pack, but he's adding a six-pack to it. I'm, I think it's fascinating. Okay, so let's go. So, so that's partly baked clay. Can... can yeah, I think the camera will do its job. Let's go. It struck. No. So let's go. Are you there? Are you watching? Verse 34. Verse 34. Watch with me. Leave Cedric alone and watch your Bible. Watch your Bible and let's go. Watch your Bible. 
Verse 34. While you were watching, a rock. Now mark it. Tell somebody a rock. Say it again. A rock. Okay. A rock was cut out. But not by human hands. Mark that thing not by human hands. It's not by human hands. A rock was cut out. Not by human hands. Yeah. Uh-huh. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, not by humans. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and baked and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became, 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 became a huge, became a huge, and filled the whole earth. Mark it if it's a Bible. Mark it if it's a Bible. That small rock, that small rock, that small rock, funny, funny rock, was cut out. Huh? And it dashed. That huge statue, the gold, the silver, the bronze, the, the iron. How can a rock break an iron? Huh. Wow. Okay. And it smashed them. It, grind, it, it, it grinded it. It became like powder and it was blown away. Okay. The verse 36. Verse 36. This was the dream. Now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty... You are the king of kings. <laughs> the God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. And in your hands he has placed all, all mankind. Are you following? Um, and the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. You are that head of gold. Do his feet. Yeah. Do his feet. You are that head of gold. Are you following? You are that head of gold. Okay. Okay. So if you are given all this to choose, which one will you choose? Gold, silver, bronze, iron. Pure, it was pure gold. It's true. My wife says it was pure gold. It was pure gold, not just gold. Now, if you are asked to choose all of these things, gold, silver, iron, bronze, stone, you choose stone. How? No, let's, let's be frank. Let's be frank. Let's advise ourselves. Let's be. If you are asked to choose all from all of these things, gold, silver. Oh, tell me now. Tell me now, those online, please tell me. Which one, what will you choose? Eh, Derek. No, this one was a this one was a sandstone, a sandstone. <laughs> but gold is not a stone. Ah, uh, Lina, Mate, what will you choose? Choose between gold, silver, bronze, iron. 
<laughs> she says she choose pure gold. Wow, what a beautiful Cedric, thank you. It looks nice. Yeah. Can you guys see it? Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you can't see the feet, but the feet is he has drawn the feet nicely. He has given the guy a six pack. <laughs> Giving the guy a six pack look, I'm telling you, a very beautiful six pack look. Okay. So his his head is what? Gold. Pure gold. Huh? So Matthew says, I'm going for the head. I'm going for the head. Yeah, it's not a joke. And then his chest and his arms is what? Sylvia. Silver. And then his belly and his tie is bronze. And then his legs and feet is what? The legs are iron. And then the feet is iron plus baked clay. This is crucial. Huh? Then, Bible says, a small stone. <laughs> a small stone was cut out from, I'm not sure whether from Zambia, I don't know where it was cut out from, but a small stone was cut out from heaven, not by human hands. It was not by human hands. A small stone, no, small stone. And this stone hit there, it hit the statue. Bon, whether they fit, but it hit the statue. And it crashed everything. And down this small stone, huh, grew to become a huge something. That filled the whole, the whole earth. Wow. I don't, I don't, if, if they are Francophones, I don't have interpretation today. <laughs> the Lord will help us. <laughs> you are following now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? And what is that stone? What is that golden head? Benedict. Okay. So let's, we should continue to read. Huh? So we know, we are told, are you following? This is a dream you had, verse 36, your majesty, the king of kings, God has given you. He said, you are that word. Have you seen it? You are that head of gold. So the heart of God was who? Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon. Okay. So that was Babylon. Is that true? Is that true? That's Nebuchadnezzar representing Babylon. Is that okay? Now, after you, another kingdom will arise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will, will rule over the whole earth. Over the whole earth. You should note, note that one. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron. For iron breaks and smashes everything. Uh -huh. Breaks and smashes everything. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Thank you, Father. 
Oh, Bible is too true. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crash and break all others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of big clay uh, and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. It's going to be a divided kingdom. Huh? It's going to be a divided kingdom. Huh? Okay, very good. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, and even as you saw, iron mixed with clay. As the tones were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. Verse, 30, verse 43, and just as you saw the iron mixed with big clay, so the people will be a, a, a mixture. Very, very important. Very, very important. Very, very important. The people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. Any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of, in the time of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. What is that kingdom? It is that what? It is what? It is that stone. It is that stone. Huh? Are you following? So, as the prophecy of Daniel evolved, we realized that the second kingdom that was silver was who? Was the middle the middle Persian kingdom. Huh? Was the middle Persian kingdom. Very important for us. Very important, this kingdom. The next king, the next kingdom we saw that was also going to rule over the whole earth was what? And we are going to see how they rule over the whole earth. Was who? Was who? Was Greece. The Greek kingdom. Uh -huh. And then the iron was what? Was the Romans. And you know very well that the Roman Empire was divided into two big, by Constantine. It was divided into two big empires, the Western and the Eastern. The Western and the Eastern. Uh -huh. The Western and Eastern. And Constantine uh, made it, made the Eastern the capital. Okay, very good. So that is it. Um, and then we know also that the western side of the empire was divided into ten big, small kingdoms. And, and that represents the ten toes that you have here. Very crucial to remember. It was divided into ten big, small, small, small kingdoms. It kept divided, divided until they lost everything. But what weakened this kingdom? This kingdom, the iron. <laughs> oh, we'll find out. Let's go. <laughs> Father, we are grateful for you are too strong. Let's go. Then came, verse 44, in those times of the king, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Nor will it be left to another people. It will never be left to another people. Never. It's not, a, it's not a transferable kingdom. No. Or kingdom that. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure for. It will itself endure for. Forever. And it came like what? A stone. A small stone. 
Now, when you compare the value of gold, the value of this, the value of that, it doesn't make sense for God to start off with a stone. God is always like that. And then he rather uses a stone to destroy everything. And the stone now becomes what cannot be destroyed. Wow. Okay, very good. And that stone is what? Is the kingdom of, of God. The kingdom of heaven. That is why if you are not following the kingdom of heaven, if you are not following the kingdom of God, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> hey, all these um, kingdoms, they, have, they were very powerful. It's like if you are following U.S. or you are following China or Canada or I don't know who you are following. If you are following any of these countries, please, these guys were more powerful than all of them. And yet still they fell. You are either in the kingdom of God or either in any of these kingdoms. <laughs> all of them are nothing today. Okay, so let's go. To crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but itself will endure for forever. Verse 45. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. To pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Is that so? Is that so? Okay, so... We now know, we know that the restoration is true, the restoration, eh? The restoration. It was going back to where? To the promised land. Is that so? And then the restoration was what? They'll be having weddings and enjoying themselves. Is that so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll be worshiping God and the whole world will see how God has blessed them and all that. But we know that the restoration really was about what? The coming of the kingdom of God through his what? His son, through Jesus. Is that so? The kingdom. Kingdom means what? Kingdom means what? It's where there's a king and there's a domain. Kingdom means a king and a domain. It's like if the king, if there's a king and the king has what? A domain, then there's what? A kingdom. So when Jesus was here as a king and his domain in the hearts of people began to rule, that was it. The kingdom of God has come to the earth. So this was the kingdom. It is the church. That is why if you are a joker of the church and you joke with the church, you are, you are joking. This is it all. Is this stone or? That is what Jesus described as. If you come against this stone, Jesus even said stone when he was talking in the Gospels about the church. He said, he who comes against this stone will be crushed. Is that so? Eh? But he who this stone falls on... <laughs> You'll be grinded to pieces. It is this stone. It's the same stone Jesus was referring to. It is called the church. You may not respect it. You may not value it. Maybe it, it, maybe it even means your home. Maybe you just see it going up and down. It may be something that you think is so foolish. But I'm telling you, it is the most important thing. The church is this stone. And you see, in our world of civilization, the church has always been in conflict with the kingdoms of the world. It's fascinating. So now, I want to invite you. Let's look into these kingdoms. 
the main thing is that Jesus says what? This thing has to what? Has to come. Is that not so? This thing has to come. But we have to look into these errors. What was this error? What role? What role did this error what? Play in the coming of what? Of the kingdom. Is that so? What role did this error play also? And what role? Because all of this was being done by who? God. Is that not so? He declared it. He said, this is how I want to do it. What role did this one play? And what role did this one also play? Are you following? Are you following? Should we go? Should we go? Should we go? Let's tighten our seatbelts a little bit. Can I clean this? Should I clean this? I can clean this, no? I like the drawing. Can somebody take a picture or something? Yeah, you can take a screenshot. I like the, I like the drawing, really, seriously. Let me take a... can take a screenshot or something if you have it. So we are going to look at how all of this, how these guys, how all of these kingdoms did play a role uh, in the restoration. And we are going to judge all of these guys, all of these errors, all of these kingdoms by three standards. Are you following? Are you following? Are you following? Are you here? How many do you not understand? You understand what we are doing, no? For comprehending, no? Yeah, give me a high five or something. Raise up your hand if you understand. Oh, Florence is here. I'm happy. David is also here. Do you guys understand? Okay. I, I can't see your hands, but just... Let me know you understand. Let me know you understand. Okay. So, hello? Hello? Are you here? The restoration, God decided. Now, the exile happened under whose eyes? Who were the rulers when the exile came? They were Jews. Is that not so? Is that not so? Eh? First kings and second kings, they were all Jews. From David, all of them, they're all Jews. Now, the restoration is going to happen under the watch of non-Jews. So, we call it the time of the foreign kings. Bible calls it the time of the Gentiles. Uh-huh. So, the restoration is happening under the watch of foreign kings. Isn't that amazing? Another amazing thing that it is foreigners. Who makes the restoration possible? Exile. So the first error we saw was who? The golden error. Is that so? The gold. Is that so? So we have the gold error. Can you guys see? Oh, this is very dark. 
because these things are dead. I think we have to buy new ones. Yeah. Can you see? Can you see? Please, if you get a good board, buy for us. We've been looking for a board. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. It's because you guys, it goes off the camera. Let me go back. Okay. So we have the gold era. And then we have what? Yeah? The silver. And then we have what? The bronze. And then we have what? The iron. Now, in between, in between the bronze and the iron is a certain group of people. I'll leave that space when we get there. Do you remember? In between the time of the silver and the iron was a group of people that, yes, that we cannot neglect. We can't neglect their impact also. Okay, so then we saw that the golden era was who? The Babi Babylonians. Is that so? Is that so? Uh, and we saw that the silver is who? The Medo Persians. And then we saw that the bronze is who? The Greeks. And then we saw that the iron was who? The Romans. Okay. And then we saw that there were prominent kings. Uh, not, we, we are not going to list all the kings that did function under these guys. Uh, but we'll just list those that were very prominent. Uh, so we saw the prominent one for Babylon was who? Was Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and then who else did we see? We had Nabu Nidus. <laughs> And then he was ruling with his son. He was a co-ruler with his son. And his son was Belt Shazar. And then they were willing to give a third place to anybody who could interpret that manna, tekal, penes, whatever, that they could not understand. By the hand of God, that was written. And that was who? Daniel was the third ruler. They ruled together somehow. This was the father of this guy. Huh? You remember the story? This guy was drinking and festival and having festival with what? With what? With a globe with a um, globes. What do you call it? The cups, the big big the the goblets. Drinking and having party with 
in wine with God's property made of pure gold and all that. And God was angry. That's why he wrote those things. He said, Safi, you are gone. And actually, tradition tells us that very night, the what? The Middle Persians came and captured him and took over Babylon. That was the finished of Babylon. Each time a nation, a country just gets into orgies, drunkenness, and all that, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Okay, silver, the Middle Persians. Who was the most prominent? Da. No, it was Cyrus. Cyrus was the most prominent. Huh? Cyrus was the most prominent. You see him very, very well in Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1, you see Cyrus there. Now, Cyrus was prophesied by Isaiah. Please write it down. Isaiah chapter 44, chapter 45, they prophesied about, about Cyrus. Huh? And remember, Isaiah prophesied many, many years before the exile. But imagine, before the exile, the restoration, a man, a man has been named in the restoration time. It's called Cyrus. A very important figure. Uh, very important figure. Cyrus. Cyrus was prophesied 200 years. Between 175, 180 to 200 years before he came to power. And God wrote, God spoke his, God mentioned his name. He said, I'll use him. Isaiah chapter 44, I just don't want us to read it. But Isaiah chapter 44 and chapter 45. Some of, maybe we have, <laughs> sometimes we can even preach from there without knowing that it's still is the person that God was talking about. Go to Isaiah chapter 45. Let's just start Isaiah chapter 45. I'll just read the first or two verses for you. Isaiah 45. This is what the Lord says to his anointed. To who? To who? To Cyrus. Uh, to Cyrus. Now, go to the chapter, chapter 44. Chapter 44, verse 28. Chapter 44, verse 28. The last verse. Chapter 44, verse 28. Um, are you there? Chapter 44, Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28. Let me start from the verse 26. Isaiah 44, verse 26. Isaiah 44, verse 26. Verse 26. Who carries out the words of the of his servant and fulfills the predictions of his messengers? Who says of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited of the towns of Judah, they shall be rebuilt, and of their ruins I'll restore. Is that so? Is that so? Continue the next verse. I think we've talked about this verse already. Continue the next verse. Let's go. Oh, brother. Who says to the watery deep, be dry, and I'll dry up your streams? The next verse, I'll dry up your streams. Who says of Cyrus? So, you see, it's about, it's, his name is connected to what? The inhabiting of what? Of Jerusalem. Is that so? Uh, his name is connected to the inhabiting of Jerusalem. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please? He will say of Jerusalem, let it be, let it be rebuilt. And of the temple, let its foundations be laid. 
200 years before he was born, before he came to power. Hey, you can't joke with this God, though. <laughs> 200 years before he came to power, Cyrus. And the words he was even going to say was said by Isaiah. Now, go to Ezra. Go to Ezra very quickly. Now, you see Ezra chapter 1. Huh? But Cyrus was who? He was the most prominent king of the Medo Persian. Is that so? Huh? Yeah. In the first year of who? Of Cyrus. Ezra, are you there? Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. Now, don't think that because Ezra is written before Isaiah, it is before. No. That's why we did all that we did before. Ezra is part of the restoration. So it came way after. Way after. And. Um, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of, king of Persia, says. Oh, Lord, the God of Israel, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and appointed me to, to what? To build what? A temple for him in Jerusalem and all in Judah. All of its people among you may go up to Jerusalem and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem. And may their God be with them. Uh, so he provided them with silver, with gold, with everything. The verse 7, look at the verse 7. Moreover, King Cyrus brought out the, the what? The articles. Either belonging to the temple of, of the Lord, which who Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and had placed it in the temple of his, of his God. So here, we are getting one very important role of, of Babylon, which was what? To put in away as a safe place of what? Of the articles of the temple. <laughs> God used them as the arm of judgment to bring judgment on Jerusalem, but this was one of the most important things they, do, they did. And that is why when this guy began to mess with the articles of the temple, that was the end for him. Very, very crucial. Sometimes you have to know why you're around. In the plan of God. Don't mess up with your plan. You can be gone. Too quickly. Too soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we can see here very quickly. That one of the roles of these guys. Was the treasury of what? Of what? Keeping the treasury of the temple. Is that so? Okay. So here we've seen Cyrus. Is that so? Is that so? Huh? So Cyrus was the most prominent ruler. Now, after Cyrus came who? Darius. 
Zexis, and Atexis. This, this guy here was the, the husband of Esther. Uh -huh. This guy here. Are you following? Are you following? Now, we'll come back to talk about the nature. No, very quickly. We are not going to take time. But we'll come back to talk about the nature of this kingdom and how it was so important for the Israelites. Uh, remember where we are going. It's about the kingdom of God. What? Coming. Is that so? Sir, is that so? Okay. Very good. Now, we have who? The Greeks. The Greeks. These were the four prominent ones relating to the Bible. We're not looking at history, just history. No, no, no. We want to look at what relates to the Bible, not just history. Huh? So, Cyrus, Darius, Zexus, Atexus. Very, very important for us. The book of Nazam. Now, here, the person that was very prominent, who brought, who destroyed this kingdom, was who? Alexander the Great. Uh, very important. Very important. And then, he died very shortly. He died very quickly. You should read his, you should read his story. It's very interesting. Alexander the Great, especially the story related to going to capture Jerusalem. Going to capture the, uh, not Jerusalem, but the Jews. Um, and also the Jews that were even living in the land when he was going to capture them. Um, it's a very fascinating story. He had had a dream. He had had a dream that um, when he was going to capture them, he saw somebody, like a priest, who was dressed in a certain way. And God told him, don't touch them. And that his dream was going to be, his vict it was going to be victorious. And at that time, the Jews were under the rulership of who? Of the Middle Persians. Is that so? The Jews were under the rulership of Babylon. You remember when they went into exile? Uh -huh. And then, even those who were in Assyria, the northern kingdom went to Assyria. But remember, Babylon conquered Assyria. So, Babylon became the world power. And they had this country, they had the Jews with them. Then, Cyrus and his people came to conquer Babylon. And then, all those who were under Babylon came under, under Medo-Persia. Is that so? Is that so? Are you following? All of them came, including the Jews. So the Jews also came here. Now when he came, he came to conquer these people. Uh, and all of them were still under his care. Now remember that these two kingdoms rose from the eastern side. And these two kingdoms rose from the west the western side of the world. These were eastern kingdoms that ruled the world, and these were western kingdoms that ruled the world. So the first person you have here is who? Is Alexander the Great. He was, he was very powerful. He had a dream. When he went and he met, he met them, they were also very afraid when Alexander was coming to conquer them. They were wondering whether they should fight or not. And then the priest just had, he had this feeling, let's just dress up like priest. So he dressed up like a priest. All of them dressed up like priest. 
And then when Alexander was approaching in his hua, 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 he also ran to go and meet him. And when Alexander saw him, Alexander saw, this is the picture I saw in my dream, exactly dressed like this. And he left them. In fact, he, uh, stories, the history tells us, he asked them, what do you want? I want to give you everything. What do you want? Just ask for whatever you want. So he allowed them to stay in their land. He gave them so much freedom. They became good friends with Alexander the Great. A very, very interesting story. How God orchestrates things. They said God was silent in these years, but I don't know. He wasn't silent, boy. Okay, so... Alexander the Great dies, and he divides the kingdom with his four generals. Is that so? Uh-huh. Four generals. One, two, three, four. Four generals. But two of them become very, very prominent to, to the Bible, to the Jews. Two of them become very, very prominent to the, 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 the Bible, to the Jews. Because we're recording the coming of Jesus. Ptolemy, and then Seleucid. These were two. The other ones you can forget them. You can forget them. Uh, their names are a bit. Ptolemy and Seleucid. And uh, these were the guys. Uh, Ptolemy and Seleucid were the two guys that came out. Are you following? Let's go very quickly. Now, Ptolemy was who? He was ruling all of Egypt. He was ruling all of Egypt. Huh? And all of the Judean Jerusalem side. Huh? He was ruling Egypt and all of those. And then, Seleucid was ruling all of... Huh? Hey. Zazo. Seleucid was ruling all of Syria. And Babylon. So we called Seleucid the northern guy, and we called Ptolemy the southern guy. Huh? The northern guy and the southern guy. Now, if you don't know this, if you read Daniel chapter 11, you'll be very confused. <laughs> Daniel chapter 11. Daniel describes these two, two, these two guys. Daniel was a very powerful prophet then. Hey! He describes these two guys. That, that were going to come about 300 years after his prophecy. So, he says these two were going to happen, were going to come. So, this guy was the one who was taking care of Egypt and and Judah, Syria, and Babylon. Then this guy gets into war with the son of this guy. And this guy is called, the one who succeeds him is called who? Antiochus the fourth Epiphany. Antiochus the Epiphany. You remember this guy? When we were doing Revelations, I preached about him. Antiochus Epiphany. He is a type of the of the Antichrist. Exact representation. 
if you want to know the, the Antichrist, find Antiochus. Tell somebody, if you want to know about the Antichrist, find who? Antiochus. Antiochus was the main picture of the Antichrist. Antiochus. So, he fights with Ptolemy, and then he takes over the whole of Jerusalem. He disgraced the temple. He sets up a, a god in the temple. He proclaims himself to be God. He does everything. He forbids circumcision. He forbids the sacrifice. Um, everything should stop. The sec- everything, the feast. He's a real picture of the Antichrist. In fact, everybody said he was the Antichrist. So if you don't remember this guy, if you are reading Daniel, you might be very confused. Huh? Remember him. He's of the bronze season. Huh? He sets the stage very well. And after that, there was the Judas Maccabees. They were the ones that resisted him. And they took over the ruling of Jerusalem. But they did not stay for long. They lasted for only 20 years. They were not of the line of, of David. So, they proclaimed themselves as priests and as kings at the same time. They were priests and kings at the same time. But the people resisted them because they said they were not of the line of David. They are not of the line of Judah. They should not be kings. And all that. So there was a lot of fighting between them. And before they realized, the Romans were here. <laughs> the Romans took over. Very, very important. Are you following? Are you following? Very quickly. Very quickly. Okay, so let's finish. The Romans, who was the most prominent? We started with who? Julius Caesar. Who was who? A general. Uh, they had what they called the triumvirate. He became the prominent among the triumvirate. And then came who? Augustus Caesar. But the main emperor who rose in the Roman Empire was who? Augustus Caesar. He was the first person to be proclaimed an emperor. Augustus Caesar. You remember in Luke chapter 1, the Bible says when Jesus was born, was who? Augustus Caesar. He had declared that a census should be taken of the whole Roman Empire. He was the guy. Augustus Caesar. When Jesus was born, he was the guy in charge of the whole Roman Empire. And then it goes on and on and on. Okay. Are you following? Can we keep going? Can we keep going very quickly? Very quickly. Um, so, we'll be looking at how many years was there in between all these people very quickly. These guys had about 60 years of rulership. The Medo patients had about 200 years. And you see why. The Greeks had about 150 years. 
Huh? And then, who else? The Romans had about 700 years. Yeah. They stayed for a very long time. The iron. The iron era. Even when it broke down, they were still very strong. Huh? Okay. Now, the book of the book of uh, the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther were all written in whose time? It was all in which time? The silver. The silver. Tell somebody. Nehemiah, Ezra, and Esther. They were written in whose time? In the silver time, in the silver era. Is that okay? They're written in the silver era. Very, very important. You have to note this. They're written in the silver era. Uh-huh. Why? Why? Now, I want you to judge them. Now, you should be able to produce this board. I think you should be able to produce it. Uh-huh. Should be able to produce it if you... if. If you, if you have all these names, you see all these names in the Bible, you see them. You see all these names in the Bible. Uh, you should be able to produce golden era, silver era, bronze era, uh, Maccabees, Judean Maccabees. Those guys, I call them the, <laughs> the silent Jewish times. Uh, you can't really see God at work, but yeah, the 20 years. It was filled with a lot of issues. Okay. So there are two things we are going to do now. We are going to look at you. I want you to judge this this era. Judge this era with three things. The first thing, the first thing, you can write it down. Judge this era with three things. Judge all the eras, the eras with three things. The first thing is, write it down, write it down. Did they have freedom to return? Did the Jews have freedom to return and to have to oversee their lives and to have their own culture and worship? Judge the era with this first thing. Did they have freedom to oversee their own lives? Huh? Judge it, please. We are going to judge it very quickly. Did you, did you get it? Did you write it down? The first one, judge whether they had freedom to return, to be in their land, uh, and to oversee their own affairs. Now, remember, they cannot rule themselves because this is the time of what? Foreign kings. They cannot rule themselves. But did they have the liberty to oversee their own affairs? Did they have the liberty to oversee their own affairs uh, and keep their culture and keep their worship? Very, very important. The second thing is you need to judge their act of worship. Judge their act of worship. In all this era, these are the things we will be doing. 
judge the acts of worship. I think what time is, we'll have to look into it a different day. Judge their acts of worship. How were they worshiping? Were they worshiping with sincerity? Was it truth? What, what were they bringing? Uh, and then judge the third thing. The third thing you should judge. Judge whether their worship meant justice for, for all. Did their worship translate into justice? Did their worship translate into justice? Did it mean justice? Like, I don't know. Would you understand what I'm saying? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? No? The fact that we were worshiping God and serving God and all that, these Jews, because the main thing we're talking about is the Jews. So we're not talking about all these kings. We don't, that's not what we care. We care about how these people ruling affected who? The Jews and the coming of who? Of Jesus. Is that so? Uh-huh. And the Jews, I want you to note these three things. The first thing is, were they allowed to return? Were they allowed to return and to have their own affair and their culture? Could they manage their own? Could they oversee their own, their own affairs and culture and all that? Secondly, was, were they able to worship? And what was their act of worship like? Eh? Were they worshiping God with truth and spirit and all that? Were the right things? Were they doing the right things? As you read through these, these are the things you should ask yourself. The third thing you should look at is, was there justice for people? Was there justice for them among the Jews themselves? Did their worship translate into justice? Did it mean that they treated people fairly? Because this kind of religion that ends just in the church is not true. Is that so? Huh? When we read about Jesus, did you see? He Bible says he will rule what justly. It's one of the things he's coming to do. He will rule justly. So as we're approaching the coming of Jesus, were these things being, being done? Did they have freedom? Did they worship? And how just was their society? Is that so? Which of these errors contributed very well? For, the, for this to be done. Are you following? Do you understand? Are you following me? Eh? Hey, the yes is not coming on. Are you following? Okay, so let's go. Now, when you look at this, this um, when you look at this side, from Ezra, from Nehemiah and all that, you can see that the best time if you take these three categories, these three criteria, you can see that the best time they had was who? Was the silver time. Why? Cyrus allowed them to what? To go back, to return, is that so? To their land. And then to do what? To manage their own affairs. Who did he put in place to manage their affairs? Who did Cyrus put in place to manage their affairs? Who was the first person? Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. So, Ezra chapter 1 to chapter 6 is not about Ezra. <laughs> the book of Ezra. Chapter 1 to chapter 6 is not about him. It's about who? Zerubbabel. The first return. 
happened under Zerubbabel. Huh? Zerubbabel led the first return. Ezra chapter 1 to chapter what? 6 is about the first return. He led the first return. And then came home at Texas. After many years, they had returned. They had built the, um, the foundation of the temple, uh, the altar and all that. But they, did, they stopped the work because of a lot of threats and all that. Then Ezra led the second return. Uh, Ezra led the second return. And then Nehemiah led the, the third return. Uh, Nehemiah. And all of them under King at Texas. Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra led the second return. And Nehemiah led the third return. There were three times they returned in this era. Do you understand? Under Texas. Ezra led under Texas the second return. And the same under Texas, Nehemiah led the third return. And then these guys were their governors. Zerubbabel was their governor. Ezra was a governor. Nehemiah was also a governor. Uh, so they allowed them to have control over their own affairs. Uh, they had control over their own affairs. So this guy, if I put plus, 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 it means like he was very friendly. He was good. He was pro-Israel. He really liked Israel. He wanted them to do well and to have their own thing. This guy was a plus, plus, plus. Zexus was a plus, plus. And at Texas was also a plus, plus, plus. They liked them. They wanted them to return, have their own affairs. They wanted them to worship. And they wanted also justice for them. This was their best time. Huh? This was their best time. The next person who gets a plus was who? Nebuchadnezzar was also plus, minus. Today he's happy, tomorrow he's not happy. He was a plus minus guy. Yeah. And then at uh, Alexander the Great, because of his encounter, he was a plus plus. He allowed them. And then, who else? Uh, Ptolemy was also a plus minus. Now, the problem with Ptolemy was what? Ptolemy wanted all of Greek, all those who were under Greek uh, kingdom to learn the Greek culture and to learn the Greek language. And somehow it affected their worship. It affected their worship. So this guy made sure that everybody was speaking Greek. And actually, what happened was that in his time, they translated the Hebrew Bible into what? into Greek, and it was called the Subtugent. That's where it came from. It was his time, the Subtugent. If you've seen it in the Bible, it is there. Uh, so, he allowed, he pushed, he did everything he can to really push the, the Greek language. And this guy was what? Antiochus, I've told you. Antichrist. He was minus, 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 
Minus? It was very minus. Whether their freedom, whether their worship, he was minus on everything. Huh? Ah, Augustus, we don't know what he was. He wasn't the problem. It was the governance that he had put in place. Those were the problems. Okay. Is that okay? Nebuchadnezzar is plus minus. So please judge them. We are going to probably next time we are going to read and see how, or especially we are going to take this side because this is the best time. Is that so? This is the best time they had. So we are going to take this time. We'll look at the books and what was written and see how their worship was and how their return was and how justice was also for them and how they themselves also did justice among themselves. Uh, very, very important. Now, so here, this era permitted what? Hey, said I shouldn't use this thing. What did this era permit? The safeguarding of the of the articles of the temple. Huh? The safeguarding of the articles. So a safe depot for the articles of the temple. What did this era allow us to have? The return, but most importantly, the rebuilding of what? Of the temple. Why? Because of Jesus. Is that so? Uh-huh. Okay. What about this one? What about this, this one? The Bronze Age. What did they allow us to have? The Greek language. Why? Was the gospel only for the Jews? Who was it for? The whole world. So what language? There must be a language that travels everywhere. The New Testament was written in what? In Greek. Even the Jews. <laughs> in Acts chapter 6, we said we saw the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebrew Jews. Hellenistic means Greek Jews. <laughs> uh, and then what, is, what did this era do? Infrastructure, roads. Infrastructure to travel. Are you following? Are you following? Are you following? So this was a, a safe depot for what? For the articles of the temple. So that when these people will come, this man will what? Rebuild and take the articles back to where? To the temple. So that the worship will what? Will start. <laughs> Very important. Worship. Worship. That's why 
Malachi even finishes off with worship. Malachi talks a lot about how they were worshiping. Huh? And then, this one brings what? The language. Language. Now, remember that in this time, in, after this Antiochus, uh, it was in this time that we began to have the, the Pharisees. The Pharisees came from this time. The Sadducees. And then the Hellenists. The Hellenists. The Hellenists were those who supported Antiochus and the Jews. This is when the Pharisees began to, to come. Uh, and next week, when we look at it, we can see that all the synagogues that were in Israel, they, were, they started from Ezra's time. The concept of synagogues started in Ezra's time. We'll look at it. It's like, when you read the New Testament, you can see that it was all built on, on the old. Uh, very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. So please do remember these ages as you read the Bible. These are, it's not all, all recorded. We see up to here recorded. But from here going, we see a bit of here in Daniel. We see in Daniel chapter 9. Epiphanies means a small horn. When you read Daniel and hear the small horn, it's this guy, Epiphanies. And that is why in the Antichrist, it will come like a horn. Because he's a type of the Antichrist. Uh, very, very important. Very important to note. And then the Maccabees, there's not much to say about them. Uh, and then you finish with the Romans. If you have this timeline in your head for the foreign kings, you enjoy your Bible. I encourage you to read Daniel. We don't have all the time to read. Uh, and then read Ezra. Um, Nehemiah, read Ezra and Nehemiah, maybe Haggai, but listen, Ezra and Nehemiah will be helpful. Sarah? So I said you should judge them by what? By three things. What's the first one? Judge them by three things. What's the first one? They what? Were they? Were they allowed to return and oversee their? Their affairs, their culture, their worship, and all that. The next one was what? Their act of, of worship. Were they worshiping? How were they worshiping? Very, very important. Uh huh. And then, was there justice? Was there justice? As a, as, well, did their worship translate into justice? So Jesus needed to come and see a what? Jesus needed to come and see what? A temple. Ha. Huh. Can you imagine Jesus without a temple? Eh? So the temple needed to be rebuilt. It needed to be there. Huh? So this period was very important. And the articles was also very what? Important. They had to be in the temple. Huh? And the whole synagogue, synagogue that Jesus was going from synagogue to synagogue and all that preaching, all of that came from Ezra. Was it from the time of Ezra? It was Ezra who instituted the whole synagogue thing. Uh, so Jesus needed to come and see a temple rebuilt. Worship was going on. 
and all that. Because he needed to correct our worship. Yeah. Why is it called synagogue? Because somebody's asking, why is it called synagogue and not a temple? Now, the synagogues were places of teaching. They were teaching centers. They were not, they were not the temple where you bring your offering and your sacrifice. Are you getting it? And you go to the... Um, you remember when Paul went to the synagogue? They would just sit down. It's a time of prayer. If they read, they read something from the book of Isaiah or something, or they'll read something. Even Jesus will enter into the synagogue. They'll give him something he'll read. Ezra did this to help people to understand the Bible. So they became teaching centers instead of priestly. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you understand? So they were not places for sacrifices. And that is why, that is why when Jesus came, the Pharisees had risen to prominence than the priest. Because most people just went to the synagogues for teaching. But they had priests and high priests also who were supposed to be in a temple. Do you get the difference? Uh-huh. So the high priest was different from the teachers in the synagogues. And the Pharisees had reason to become... And so the high priest and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all of them formed one governing body called the Sanhedrin. They formed the Sanhedrin, but it was managed by the high priest. Escape for company. <laughs> Are you, do you understand? Huh? The difference between the synagogues and the, and the temple, you should be able to the synagogues and the temple. It was Ezra who brought it up. Huh? And that is why the Pharisees were high class. You couldn't even hear of the priest again, or even the high priest. It was only when they were going to crucify Jesus, or they had to have a meeting, you hear um, Ananias, uh, what's his name? Caiaphas. And uh, you hear this priest, but you don't, you don't, they had gone out of prominence. It was the teachers of the law. The teachers of the law, they were the ones who were in power. Yeah. And this will help us to have the whole Old Te New Testament to make a lot, a lot more sense for us. Hmm? Okay, so I know this is a bit, a lot. I know this is a bit heavy. I needed to pour it out. <laughs> I needed to, to do this. I want you to sit down. And just go through yourself. Just sit down and go through. And write this thing. Make sure you can write this by yourself. You can write it sleeping. Even if they wake you up, you should be able to write this. It's very crucial, very important for us. Both the Eastern and the Western. Uh, and all that was going on. And you can read a bit more about these names if you want to really research more. Read more about it. Uh, but I want you to think about the three things. Very, most, very important did they have worship? Did they have freedom? Did they have worship? And did they have justice? Three things. Freedom, worship, and justice. Very important. We'll look at that when we come the next time. Father, we are so grateful for the great opportunity we have to hear your word. We ask for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for the great things you did in the past. The proof 
Lord, that you have sovereignty over us and sovereignty over what you are doing. And Lord, that the whole world is in your hands. Father, we are grateful. We ask for your blessings over every single person who is listening, every single person who has been with us. And Father, even those who listen to this, we ask that you bless us in the name of Jesus. The way Cyrus' hands, Cyrus' life was in your hands. And Lord, the way you called him and you raised him. Father, call many others. Oh, Father, call us to do your work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I'm glad to be with you. God bless you. Um, next week, uh, probably, I will announce if we can make it again. Um, but I will announce on Sunday or something. We will we'll share it if we can make it. And then we'll be here again to do this. We are left with the prophets also to look at. God bless you. Have a good night.